That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome, I'm Andrew Dice. And I'm Stephen Colbert. And this is Batman v Superman by the Minute, a podcast devoted to rewatching and analyzing Zack Snyder's Batman v Superman one single minute at a time. We have arrived at minute 126. Batman is in the midst of being Superman. Well, he has not started. Superman is being Batman right now. Right. Superman is being Batman without exception. Superman feels that he has V'd Batman with authority, period. And as we said at the end of last minute, it's pretty beautiful how it's going to turn around here <laughs> <laughs> right as the minute once again switches because, of course, it will. I guess for people who are fans of Batman, now is the time that things are actually going to start cooking. And we realize that Bruce Wayne comes from a long line of hunters and Superman has walked right into his trap. That's fear. The thing I should lead off by saying, because we're talking so much about the mental state of Bruce, that hearing Superman say, stay down, <laughs> <laughs> like, just stay down. Has there ever been more meaningless words ever it's, uttered? Yeah, well, it's like, that's what the audience is saying at this point. That's the funniest thing to me about the movie is how people are so upset about Batman like the, in terms of the reaction to it. And it's like, yes, no, that is the that is the right reaction to have. Like, all the people that are mad about this, it's like, yes. <laughs> That is how you are supposed to feel. You are supposed to be saying, stay down, just stop. Why are you doing this? It doesn't make sense. And like, yeah, that's that's exactly that feeling that you are feeling <laughs> about the way Batman is behaving is true. <laughs> Don't deny the feeling. Just question why you're feeling that. And even taking some of it for granted and not thinking it through from Bruce's perspective is stay down. Yes, stay down. Just accept that you are beaten. He can beat you. Puts us, the audience, into the position. We're also wrong. Like we are as wrong as Alfred mm -hmm. is, <laughs> right? Where you can't win this. You know, this is guaranteed a losing battle. But when Bruce hears those words, if I wanted it, you'd be dead already. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, it kind of is after the fact realizing, oh, this is the part of the fight that he's been preparing for. Is this part of it where, yes, I should be beaten. There's no chance. How can I possibly fight against a god, yeah. as everyone is calling him? But I, I, I love that like you have that moment right when he says, if I want it, you'd be dead already. And you think, okay, yes, he's right. Batman, just accept that you can lose. And then that is where he pulls <laughs> – he, he begins to launch his actual yeah. attack. Over the course of this, I, I realized, and we kind of said this before with the way the fight plays out and gets us here, is this is absolutely what Batman has had yeah. planned. Like this is – he went exactly where he wanted well, yeah, to go. Yeah, these are all acceptable losses or planned losses, right? He planned to lose on the street. He planned to lose on the rooftop, right? He's got him – like these are all he's luring him in. Um, this is not him being being trounced as much as it looks like. As you slowly start to realize, he's got him exactly where you want him. It's and then and then the 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 satisfaction in that line um, that he delivers there right before the end of the end of the minute. That is like the he has been 
He's been chewing on that. That's his uh, the jerk store called. <laughs> and they said they're out of you. Like that's ever since he said, uh, do you bleed that he's been like chewing on that one, just getting ready to to deliver it. And so you can hear the smug satisfaction behind it when he says it. It is sort of. And at this part of the thing, you can kind of be watching it and thinking like Bruce doesn't actually think he's going to kill him. I mean, obviously, like I know that he said, you know, this may be the only thing I ever do. And he didn't really say like, I have to murder this guy. Uh, You know, he said, I want to beat him. And we've watched him, you know, develop these implements to beat him. That when he gets him on the roof, well, I should also point out just here that like, I love the lighting. I love Mm -hmm. the lighting where we go from the wide action shots into these more intimate dialogue Mm -hmm. scenes where Bruce is effectively black and white. Like he's just been rendered black and white. And then Superman, by contrast, it's just it's just such a style choice to have Henry have a look the way he it's does. It's not that scene. it's an, not a stylized movie because it is very stylized. But something I was I was watching Three Hundred earlier, just the beginning of it, and thinking about how they had sort of developed this custom kind of approach to the the color grading on that, where they didn't they didn't crush the blacks, but there's this drop off into the into the deep blacks. It's just inky. And so there's a lot of silhouettes, but like there's not a loss of detail. It's just that the the there's a smooth fall off, so you don't get that like blocky artifacting that you would imagine when it's crushed. But I don't know another way to describe it though, other than there's a certain point where once it's dark enough, it's just a pit of it's. I mean, it's like a comic panel, right? Where like this is what you get with like the eyes glowing and the rain. It's just eyes and raindrops, and that's all you can see. Yeah, I oh yeah, I have to call out here that Batman, of course. <laughs> It's hilarious. He throws his smoke yeah. bomb. On the one hand, is there a more useless thing? And I know that this is one thing that when people were kind of mocking or chuckling, and I think I chuckled in the theater. I think you're kind of supposed to when he throws his like, here's my smoke grenade. Take this Superman. And this is a guy that we know has, you know, x-ray vision. Yeah. <laughs> a smoke bomb is completely useless against him. And that look that Henry Cavill gives is almost, oh, brother, you know, this guy's going to be doing this kind of stuff, except- that he bursts forth through the smoke and then doesn't know what's going on. So it's it's the fact that Batman can get the edge on yeah. him. We've been talking about the minutes leading up to this of how Batman he's he's trying to get Superman angry. Yeah. And he's toying with him. It seemed like he's just well, but but he's getting he's getting beaten soundly. Mm-hmm. Like it seemed like when he had the, you know, the noise cannons and the machine guns, it was just to take him off and get him angry. Mm-hmm. Why was he doing that? Why would you want to get Superman angry? And when he does his little burst through the fog and then doesn't know where he is, oh, that's why he was trying to get him angry. So he would stop using his senses and start being more heated, more passionate, and less methodical, which, I mean, Batman is nothing if not. But also you can't discount too when in the, during the, uh, the prep scene montage, we see a, a lead smoke grenade. So, so it's not just smoke. He's actually hiding. Like that's why Superman bursts through it is, is that he actually can't see through the smoke. And that's, that is kind of the, like he's been, he's been veeing Batman so hard, as we say that when, when he find when there is a smoke screen put up, he doesn't real, like that's what he bursts through. It is the moment where he realizes like, Oh wait, I don't know what I am stepping into here. Because that's the moment where Batman led him to that point where he's overconfident and just bursts through the smoke. He has no idea what's on the other side. He gets there, and now he doesn't even know where Batman is. Okay, so the PB mm-hmm. 
on the shells. I've seen people assume that that was lead wrapping the kryptonite gas shells. Are you suggesting that this is lead gas? Yeah. Okay. This is very dangerous. Batman <laughs> should not be on that roof. <laughs> I will put that forward. Absolutely. Oh, I mean, like that's where you draw the line. <laughs> What we didn't see is Bruce holding his breath yeah. as he went running away from it. Yeah. Fair enough. I like that. Either one. So you're going with the Batman with prep time is unbeatable. He has powdered lead smoke grenades yes. to shield. I am saying that Superman thinks so little of Bruce with how he's been this little kid stuff that he's done up to this point. Just stay down. You're not in this fight. This is a waste of time. That when he throws his puny little smoke grenade, Superman goes, this clown. He thinks a, a smoke grenade's going to work on me. I'll just burst through it. He doesn't even think, oh, I should peer. Th and that's, I mean, I'm sure people said, why doesn't he just see through the smoke? Why would he bother? Right. Was what I took away from it, which I mean- Well, I think it's both. You're a Batman super because nut, so if, you obviously- If Batman had shown his hand earlier on, Superman would be more suspicious, right? And so when he can't see through the smoke, he he's he would think, hold on, you're treading in water here that like you don't know what's what's going on. Whereas Batman allowed him allowed it to look like he was the overconfident one. I mean, it's a, it's a great, you know, it's he's playing poker, right? He's been throwing off- throwing off his high cards, um, drawing uh, drawing him in, so that when he does the lead grenade, Superman doesn't think twice about it. He just thinks, oh, it's just another, he did the sound, he did the whatever. There's no way there's anything on the other side of this that'll surprise me. But that is but that is the moment, because that's when, what happens next, that's Batman's actual spring of the trap, right? These other things have all been intentionally puny. The sound, the bullets, the 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 gas. Those are all things that have absolutely no effect on Superman. But the gas is the one, the, the lead gas is the one where it, it buys him just enough time to hit him with the kryptonite grenade. And so if you look at the sequencing of like, none of these things really bother Superman in a way that's going to convince him, oh, this guy is, doesn't know what he's doing. He's just throwing these random things at me. And then he's like, surprise, there's kryptonite in this one. Uh, that's only possible because of the the ordering, um, and then also the buying the extra second of time with the, the smoke. That's that's the way I've always seen it, at least. All right. Well, well, I mean, at one hundred and twenty six is our first time disagreeing. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't uh, think you're you're. I, I see it exactly the same way you do. I just think there's also lead in the. I don't think I don't think they're mutually exclusive perspectives necessarily. So the clock was ticking for Bruce. Mm -hmm. or he was just holding his breath. Oh, all right. I forgot. This is an abandoned part of the city. I'm sorry. <laughs> Of course, he can use lead weaponry. <laughs> Absolutely. But like you say, one way or another, he gets the drop on Superman. Mm -hmm. There's like one Superman thinks this goof. Then he again thinks this goof is over my shoulder shooting something at me. Third, mm -hmm. this goof firing this thing. I'll just catch it. And then three strikes, you're out. Yeah. Kryptonite canister, powdered kryptonite. And this, obviously, we said the minute starts with Batman beaten, capital B. And then we arrive at the 32nd mark as Superman is engulfed in this yeah, cloud. That moment, it hits him in the face. His head jerks back. It's like, ooh, he just, there were, I think, as I, I never even broken it down in, in the stages this way and noticed just how Bruce was intentionally throwing things at him that couldn't hurt him in order to make him not suspicious. Like the only way he gets a face full of kryptonite gas is by Batman sequentially throwing things at him that are meaningless essentially first and uh and man i mean he he gets it full on here yeah and there's this like 
horrible his convul- convulsing when we get this shot i mean the fact that they choose to show i think it's also like when he is doing this horrible convulsing you can see the smoke like being ejected from his lungs yeah. that he's inhaled yeah the, the like color work that they do there to show the different like densities and how they actually track it to his nostrils yeah and his mouth combined with the fact of like how satisfied batman is at watching this oh yeah this is him hunting, mm-hmm. but this is him. It's it's a gross kind of hunting, <laughs> hobbling the animal, you know, so that you can actually savor. It's right. it's gross. Well, I mean, breathe it. And in. this is the first moment too, where he's been very face to face, squaring off his shoulders, uh, spreading his legs, like head on, ch- issuing challenges to him. And now, if you notice, he's pacing around a perimeter around him. It's very predatory. Whereas. You, you compare it to the beginning of the fight and it becomes that much more obvious how much the beginning of the fight was really him fronting uh, to, to throw Superman off balance. But then walking around the, the circumference of this kind of circle around Superman now and breathe it in like it's it's he's basking a little bit, but also he is no longer he's no longer portraying this antagonistic front. He's now kind of got him in his web and he's circling him in. It's like a wounded animal, yeah. right? I'm going to I'm going to start laying in the layers of what I think is my bigger point here. But it is like he's got this wounded animal. It's it's intentionally depicted as despicable whether it's Superman or not. The the way that it is like a gas attack and how he is when he says it's it's like the savoring that Bruce has makes it worse, like makes the the difference between their experiences even more intense and gross. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about, you know, Bruce going really off the off the deep end into the dark side here. What would Alfred say of him? It isn't about defeating. You are enjoying seeing him, you know, humbled in front of you. Yeah. Now God bends to my will. Like you could echo those words over it. Mm-hmm. And Bruce is almost Bruce is enjoying it in the exact same way that Lex yeah. is. When he says, breathe it in, that's fear. Agreed. That is the look on Clark's face, 100%. Fear, confusion. Again, he just went through this with Lex of having the tables turned on him and the rug kind of pulled out, and then he couldn't lash out at him. Well, and notice, too, how the the mirroring of all three of them, the three orphan boys, right? And you get to this point, and both Lex and Bruce lured him in with a a a false threat that made him overconfident and you know what's what's been the theme with Clark I didn't see it cuz I wasn't looking right he 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 didn't know that Lex had his mom he got Lois and he flew up there and remember at first he was smirking and I'm going to take you in without breaking you and then Lex is like oh surprise I've got your mom and all of a sudden he's he's powerless and now he comes to face off against Batman and while well, Lex had him powerless in the in the chess game this is a chess game with Batman also, but he does the same thing where he fronts a, a he, or he feigns an attack of strength that makes Superman say, oh, I'm, I'm stronger than this. I don't need to, you know, he, he stops looking literally in the case of the, of the smoke grenade, whether that's actually led or, or not. The point is he, his eye is off the ball, which gives Batman the chance to hit him with the, with the kryptonite. And now once again, per your point, he has now been been rendered powerless again by a a similar strategy, but in a different uh, sort of a different context. 
what Lex said was not insulting to Clark. The way he talked was more about him than it was about what he thought of Superman. Lex's thing was about the bigger picture. This time around, Batman has his breathe it in, that's fear. You're not brave. And that is the thing that actually makes Superman go from afraid and confused to just very Batman-esque mm-hmm. rage uh, has him center on Bruce directly. I also love what they do here where they have, it's kind of an upward shot on Bruce, but the shot we get on Superman is like him looking physically like down on him, that he has been lowered and curled up into this ball. Yeah. And when he says that you're not brave, we get Superman saying, you know, the hell I am and getting that rage on his face and immediately goes to throw a punch. Yeah. Throws a punch. And then Bruce holds up his arm and says, men are brave. And then that's the end of the yeah. minute. And the staging of that, the, there's the cut and the, the cut and the pan together. The, there's continuity because the camera swings at, and then, and then cuts with the pan. And it's, it's, it's one of the better, better edits in the whole, the whole movie to just lock on his face. Men are brave. Like, uh, yeah, the the and the the sound dropping off, like the music, the big swell, yeah. and the the sound of his arm hitting is like um, almost like extraterrestrial. Mm-hmm. It just sounds otherworldly, sapping him of his power. Mm-hmm. But it is. I mean, you don't even need what comes after that. There's so much punctuating that just in the film language of it. Yeah. <laughs> The pan from Superman's frozen arm. Yeah, I mean, I guess the shot is starting looking at Superman's hand, but you're basically doing that just to get a reveal mm-hmm. of that glowing, the glowing eyes and the mouth. Perfect. I mean, it was in 300, like you said. I think that's where they were really talked a lot about the crush, mm-hmm. make those highlights look like their teeth were glowing. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, men are brave. And then the of the of the lightning flash just punctuating yeah. it perfectly. And then the, and then the just, end of the minute. I sing and love like- it. Yeah, and then the end. I think it ends as Superman shifts his eyes and looks. Mm -hmm. We'll get into what he's looking at. But the thing I do want to call out here, a larger progression. I think I I alluded to my low-key grand theory about (laughs) all of this that I'm now building to. I think I teased back in like minute five. (laughs) He has Superman beaten and afraid. He's the big strong guy. Mm -hmm. This is my legacy. This is me as a Wayne. You know, like this is my Mm -hmm. moment. And he has Superman, and then he challenges him Mm -hmm. by saying, you're not brave. And Superman's instinct is to curl his hand into a fist and come out swinging. Mm -hmm. We've seen that before early on in the movie as part of Bruce's repeated trauma Mm -hmm. is that fist formed and then thrown. What stops it in Bruce's memory is a gunshot Mm -hmm. and what stops it here with just as much force and impact is bruce i think that bruce thinks of himself in his father's role winning a fight Mm -hmm. taking that embracing that legacy you know i'm older now than my father ever was Mm -hmm. that i'm getting to throw the punches that my dad didn't get to you know that i'm getting to be the man of action and i'm not gonna let my family die but he doesn't realize that in the language of the film, at least, Superman is being put into the role of that memory. Yeah. And Bruce is becoming the gun. In the dream, they took me to the light, a beautiful lie. His whole percept, not just his meaning or his, his raison d'etre, his, his conception of himself 
his entire life is constructed to give that meaning and the, and the meaning is i'm i'm brave and i am what is standing in between joe chill and my dad right like i am what was not there at that time and his entire life is engineered around becoming that and so he's almost creating or or not creating but completing a visual metaphor in his head in this moment by being the one that's that's standing there but like you said he's taking on that that joe chill role which is the you know that's the the inversion and also what makes it the beautiful lie um so there's a lot of things like yeah i can like see i can see the version of the scene where it's little clark with martha and jonathan and bruce in the armor stepping in front you know Mm -hmm. that is the energy and the dynamic of what's going on here the the fact to not just show superman weakened but to show him small afraid quivering low not to go too far into this because i've done it before and i will do it again soon but where his arc was leading in the uh the story parts of the story that we didn't get with uh just the two and three is that he finally would step into that role for real this time stepping in front of dark side in between dark side and lois who originally was carrying his child who Superman adopts. So like you look at this moment and the metaphor of what he thinks he's doing, what he wants to do, what he's actually doing and what he eventually does, the people involved in the situation, there's, there's, there's all sorts of, I mean, it's not just a love triangle. I mean, we're talking about everybody's metaphor comes into being. I mean, this is also Zod and, and Jor-El, right? Like there's both of their stories are, are being played out here in different directions. And, and to put a point on, what we're saying is Batman obviously has his own fantasy of what he's doing right now. He can't see what is actually happening. I think fundamentally because he cannot recognize the person in front of him as a man, as just as a, as a person. Yeah. I I can understand Bruce's perspective. I think that's why it's such a good line. Yeah. You're not brave. Men are brave. Yeah. Totally. I, I get to him and his perception of who and what Superman is and what we've seen him see of him. Totally right. Superman has only shown his sort of toughest, most imposing and intimidating version to Batman. So Batman, of course, sees this guy as I need to take him down a peg or two. I do believe. Well, and look at the, 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 the very nature of this moment here. How did we get here? Batman is putting it all on the line. I mean, that I don't know what the armor is made out of. I mean, it's... We could look it up in the tech manual if we needed to know. <laughs> it, it's made out of, we, we know. But the, the point is, it's the fact that he's alive here is, is is Superman could end it if he wanted to. He's relying a little bit even on 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 Superman to, to not just go full out on him. But he's, he's sort of exploiting that very weakness in him where Superman is not walking into this battle thinking or realizing just how, how dangerous it is for him because the, he, the kind of threats that exist for him aren't, aren't, aren't the same. So for Batman, he's sitting here thinking, Oh, I, I put it all on the line to take you down to stand for my convictions. And you're just showing up because you can do whatever you want without consequence. Maybe a self-fulfilling prophecy. Batman has kind of caused him to act that way with the way he set up this whole encounter. Right. Well, it's like Lex, he's proving a philosophical point just as much as he's proving a, a physical point. Well, you're not brave. People who gas their enemy <laughs> are brave. <laughs> this is totally fair. Yeah. I, I want to make you weak 
so that I can fight you in a suit of powered armor. Mm-hmm. Come on, Bruce. You know, that's not really, I, did you need the armor to survive or did you need the armor because you wanted to make sure that you were strong enough? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's not enough tires. Maybe how many tires could he push or pull with uh, that armor? Suit? Well, and I mean, let's, let's put it this way too. If he wanted to just assassinate him, he could have done it long. I mean, he could have figured out he was Clark Kent yeah. and snuck up behind him with a, a kryptonite knife. Kryptonite rag. Yeah. Like, I mean, he could have ended this and, and, and Clark would have never even known what to look for. But he, the the fever, the rage that makes good men, what? <laughs> Cruel. Yep. This entire thing is orchestrated about what he needs to do in order to inflict cruelty upon Clark. Because he wants him to know what it feels like to be powerless and to be hurt. To to have, have your power taken from you by someone stronger. Uh, on those words, cut to little Bruce standing there looking at the gun. Yeah. Totally. From from the very first you know instance of his trauma, mm-hmm. the the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Oh, is that the story of Batman? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, yes, he doesn't go out. You know, I'm a firm believer, and I think we said before that he goes out at night to hit criminals because it makes him feel good. Yeah, this is just an extension of that to the extreme. The police brandishing the bat is this wrong now? Just because he's beating someone up that we don't want him to? Mm-hmm. Well, not yet. <laughs> I guess I should say the minute, of course, because this is brilliantly orchestrated from Superman getting mad to Superman being completely victorious and starting this off by saying, just stay down, buddy. It's over. The fight's done Mm -hmm. to the fight ends with you fool. Uh, Superman realizing, I think, what is about to happen and what is about to happen is pretty rough Mm -hmm. because this is kind of a breath in the fight. The action and then taking a pause and the framing and look and feel and sound of these dialogue exchanges are unreal. If you described this scene, I could not imagine it looking, yes, fantastic, unforgettable, but also just clear. Mm -hmm. I see every single bit of this. And that's kind of, I think, lost when we talk about big action scenes is we are watching Superman get a gas grenade, Batman does his strut around, they have their little fight and exchange, and it is all, like you said, a comic book page where the things you're supposed to look at, you are looking at. Well, and the action the action itself tells a story, like the, the literal progression of Bruce's attacks and Clark's attacks both say something about them and their state of mind, but also to, to avoid labeling any other, I mean, because it's, this is common in any other big movie of this type. These days, what totally. you get is these these action scene and then two guys standing in front of blue screen with a shot, reverse shot, delivering expositional dialogue to each other back to an action scene. Whereas th- this is almost like a like a like a boxing match. It's like a Rocky movie or something like the, where the story, the story is being delivered through the fight and, and it doesn't require these these dialogue inserts into the scene. I mean, it's this. Sucker Punch has this, 300 has this. Really, it's just Larry Fong (laughs) and Zack Snyder when they get together. I look at this shot of Superman right at the end of the minute when he has his hand up, and it is perfect. Yeah. It is flawless. Mm -hmm. I look at this and think, this must be exactly how they wanted it to look. Well, you you know, this this is a keyframe from from Zack's storyboard book, right? Like, I I can visualize that, like, bubble art that he does- 
with the red square around it and this leather bound book of, you know, this, this shot. I'm sure, I'm sure Jay Oliva has a, has a drawing of, of like this keyframe also where like, you, you know, this is one of those, like, like if you have like a few dozen images to give the story pitch, this is one of them. These guys make me remember cinematography is photography at 24 pictures per second, Mm -hmm. because every one of these frames just speaks. This is a cool shot, but these are all cool shots. And you could take a still frame out of almost any of these, and it would look like it should be in an art book. Yeah. Staggeringly beautiful. And when you add in the 4K IMAX, (laughs) just- we don't. It, it goes so without saying. When I picture Superman in a movie, it is this level of detail that's taken that makes me. Henry Cavill looks more like an Alex Ross painting of Superman than an Alex Ross painting of Superman. <laughs> right. What he was seeing was like these kind of frames. The highlights. I could. It's just the the single highlight on his pupil. It's just mm-hmm. absurd. It's absurd. Yeah. Well, and and like you were saying earlier with the lightning too. It's it's not just that each each frame of the shot works as a as as its as its own you know visual image, but because you've got there, there's a lot of of stillness to it. You know you've got these close ups and and these like it's not a static shot, but you know like you get this this shot here where there's a pause in their arms, but you've got lightning and you've got rain, so it's still a really visually active and interesting image from frame to frame despite their standing still like the world the 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 lighting and the the energy around them is is not stopping even though for a moment here when he blocks his punch the sound drops time stops something fundamentally has pivoted about the power dynamic in the entire movie but the world is still going on around them you know the rain the lightning etc it's it's great you know what else stops? Should I mention the live streams that we're doing now? Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously anyone watching the live stream knows it's a live stream, but anyone who's not watching doesn't know that we are live streaming on episodes for patrons. Patreon.com slash Snyder Minute. 